Hello there, and welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. And I'm Justin. Guys, hello. Hey, whoa, what's going on? Not too much, man. It's a beautiful, lovely night outside. This weather yeah. has got me in great mood. Yeah, it's nice. That and um, allegedly a few drinks, uh, but we all do what we do now um, in the privacy of our homes and link up on the internet for this podcast. Justin, what's going on over there? Oh, I'm uh, just, you know, I've beat my body up this weekend, uh, spent it in the <laughs> woods, in, in tents, uh, lots of lots of drinks, lots of burning oh, wood. Oh, boy. Um, and I'm allegedly. here with you fresh off, uh, fresh off a five-hour drive, so I'm, like, ready to go. Let's where, where were uh, more, you? Where, okay, can you tell us? Hold on a sec. Can you tell us where you were? This, this I'd is rather crazy. say I'd rather say off the air. You know, trying to limit my okay. uh, all right. my, all right. my yeah. trackability. You know, these days. So, in the woods, though, we got that. Yeah, I I noticed you're wearing tie dye and you have an old school globe in the background. This is this is getting cult like. Yeah, but that's that's where I figure out where I'm going to go next. That's the only hint I'll give uh, anybody <laughs> listening. Uh, Somewhere on the globe. Is that a globe of Long oh. Island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the fish hatchery. I can see it from here. It's the flattest globe you'll ever see, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. Justin, in some crazy sort of uh, outlier conspiracy-themed world now, allegedly, uh, yes. we're not going to talk about it on, on the podcast anymore. Uh, all the best to you, Justin. I respect to you uh, and your um, newfound friend's beliefs. Um Tom, what's going on with you? Uh, long weekend. Tried to go to the beach. Did not work out the way I thought it would. Basically, not being able to get to Robert Moses and stuck in certain traffics created by the state, uh, took me four and a oh, half man. hours to get to West Neck, which I live 15 minutes from. That is a huge time difference. Well, you go down Wait, south, but... and then you're stuck on the causeway, and then, then you get out of that, and they're like, you can't even go on the beach, so then you just go up to West Neck where you live anyway. Okay, yeah. You tried to go to Robert Moses over the weekend? Mm-hmm. At what time of day? Uh, about 11 in the morning. I'll oh, never come do on, it again. You get what you're bargaining for then, dude. This guy, this guy slept in and got a bagel and then decided to go to the beach, man, on the, on, on the busiest week. Stop. Stop playing yourself. I didn't say I didn't deserve that. I, I, I'm just, oh, man. it's what happened. I got some sun, so it's not so bad. You got to take a Monday off for work, and you still got to get up early, man, especially when the weather hits like this, man. Otherwise, the best thing, I find sometimes you got to wait till September when school's back in session. All bets are off now, though, with school and work. Who knows what's going on? But yep. you got to wait till school's back in session in September and all the kids go back to school and college, and then you go to the beach super early on a weekday, man. And you, then you're lucky you can get a little privacy to yourself, hang out, do your thing, man. Yeah, otherwise, man, you're like ants packed into sardines on the beach, man. It was a form of um, a smooth-brained karma. You know, I was just too smooth-brained in that moment, mm. and I deserved that That sit. But how's your weekend, dude? Um, I stayed in, uh, celebrated my birthday with some, some uh, close family, small social distance uh, get-together. Um, everything was everything was legal. Don't worry about it. All right. Happy birthday, um, Will. Yeah, dude. Happy belated. Yeah. You know, on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. We did text deal, you on day of, but we can't yeah. prove that. So. I'm a, I'm a, allegedly I'm a big boy now. I don't really need to make a big deal out of it. I um I've been working on my garden, growing uh, cabbage, uh, growing cauliflower, growing um, broccoli, um, peppers, of course, traditionally. Um, eggplants also a c- corn lots of corn going allegedly um 
uh, everything growing out there, man. Uh, looking good. That's where I've been spending my time today, man. And um, just staying home, man. You know, feeling good to do so. Listening to lots of death metal. Death metal from the fringes. Death metal classic releases. Just trying to do my homework. Uh, we got some exciting guests coming up on the podcast. And, uh, you know, speaking of the, the social distancing, uh, we actually we did a we did an afterbirth rehearsal uh, on Sunday. This is our second rehearsal back now. Um uh, for, for uh, you know, specific reasons, for hygienic reasons, uh, it's the three of us, Keith and Cody for now, uh, and myself, and Dave is staying home, um, and we're, but we've been rehearsing, working on new material, practicing older songs, uh, keeping in touch with a promoter about a live date that keeps getting pushed back. Uh, we take it day by day, just like everybody else, but it is good to see the Afterbirth guys and practice that social distancing while jamming. Um, and I actually went online and I learned a few tips about jamming with your bandmates while social distancing from tonight's guest, uh, Nick Petrino of My Missing Half. I strongly recommend the My Missing Half YouTube page. They have a video all about social distancing while playing guitar with each other um, and many other things. The man also plays guitar for D. Snyder nowadays, apparently, so there's a Long Island connection. So I had to say, Tom, let's get him on the horn. Nick. Yo, what's going on? This is Will. How you doing, man? Doing all right. How are you? All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, yeah, and it's not every day that we get somebody right here on, on Skype with us. That makes it uh, easier, man. T- uh, Tom and um, Justin, you guys want to introduce yourselves. We love this. I'm Tom. And uh, I'm Justin, the only one left. What's going on, buddy? Right on. What's up? Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, pleasure, Likewise. man. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having me. Nick Petrino, um, guitarist, I should say lead guitarist uh, of My Missing Half, to be exact. Uh, and also, um, uh, I guess I should say guitarist uh, for D. Snyder in his solo work. Would that be accurate? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, before we get into all that, as we always do with our guests, we want to get into your background a little bit. Um, I, I know the band uh, My Missing Half is from Lowell, Massachusetts. Is that where you're from? Yeah, kind of around there. I mean, we're all sort of like Boston area. I think we just haven't updated our Facebook or whatever in like long enough that it probably still says Lowell. But I mean, yeah, same kind of area, Eastern Massachusetts. Okay, and are you from a particularly musical family? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not. I like my parents have always like supported the stuff, but not really. I kind of just got into this on my own and. Uh, I've, for some reason, kept up with it. Okay, and I'll, I'll ask you, you know, respectfully, um, how old you are, and and the reason I ask is also because I follow that up with what bands or artists do you, did you first really start noticing heavy metal at? You know, what period, and how old are you? So, so I'm 27. Um, I started picking this. I mean, my parents always liked you know rock music of all different kinds of eras. Um, I kind of started picking this up through like punk and emo music when I was like younger and uh, I mean I started playing guitar when I was 10 um, I I knew of heavy metal but kind of identified it with it more as I got like you know middle school high school playing like online games with my friends and shit and some of them were like really into it and uh, 
that kind of, you know, I played guitar and they're like, oh, check out these guys. They play guitar like real good in this band. And, you know, I, I, I fell into like Iron Maiden that way and, and, and stuff like that. And a lot of that classic stuff is still kind of my favorite stuff. Um, I'm a big thrash guy. Uh, I love a lot of the newer stuff, but, you know, Megadeth, um, Creator, Sodom, stuff like that is, is, is definitely, uh, you know, it, early on I got into that and I, to this day, I'm still like real heavily influenced by that and really uh, listen to that stuff a lot. I feel like whenever you kind of hear a lot of these bands, e- even more modern bands that, you know, are kind of out there and um, like pushing the more modern metal scene are all still influenced by those guys. So I feel like that's kind of a good, you know, as much as I'll be influenced by more modern acts, like, like anything from, I don't know, like, uh, e- even even speaking of thrash, like like bands like Warbringer and stuff. I mean, I'll take some influence in that in in my playing or writing. But you know, I look at the guys in Warbringer, and they're all writing stuff influenced by like Creator or Megadeth. So it's like, oh okay, right. you tap into that mindset a bit, and still keep that kind of close. So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, that that old school kind of tried and true stuff, and you know something. Something coming from the Boston area and playing more melodic thrash inspired death metal, we've talked before on the show about how that area had a lot of hardcore bands, I guess what you call metalcore in the 2000s, um, that that it, that took inspiration from At the Gates, um, which is probably the biggest one, and a lot of a lot of those bands. Would you say that wave affected you, or is that or is that off a generation or something like that? No, um, I, I think that's definitely well. It's interesting because it's like that was that was huge. Like when I was in high school, um, that was like all, all around. Everybody was Kill Switch Engage, All That Remains, Shadows Fall. Like that was like that was what everyone was into uh, around there. If they were into metal, and you know when you guys know how it is, where it's like it's not a popular genre, you know, and you're trying to like you know uh, when you're first like getting your footing in the genre, you're you're looking for other people to sort of bond with with that with that sort of taste so a lot of my friends who knew heavy metal were into like slipknot and stuff and and that sort of like different kind of metalcore uh kind of scene and i mean you know i i picked up on some of it and i liked it i try to still be even to this day it's just just be real open-minded when it comes to listening to music and uh and all that but um i always just still had such such like a, a passion for you know the crazy guitar playing through the 80s and, and a lot of those um thrash bands older you know mellow death bands stuff like that um so like i you know i picked up some some influence and some some attraction to those bands at the time and i still love them to this day like they for for, for what they do but uh <laughs> It, it was always kind of a back and forth thing for me because because it was hard to sort of find guys who were as like-minded as i was with that older style of music or the you know like i don't know it's hard because like I, I was trying to not like be this early like 16 year old angsty form of like some sort of uh elitist but like that's almost what would like start to happen because it's just hard to find the people who are into that kind of stuff you know but i mean you're, you're talking but, yeah. to three other people who definitely went through phases similar to that yeah yeah so i i know you guys can can, can relate a little bit to, absolutely yeah. the uh the elitist high school metalhead in all of us you know yes most of our listeners exactly yeah, sure yeah, yeah. yeah. you know when with my missing half you know they uh they had existed without me 
like without me for a couple of years, and I I had always known them as like a metalcore band, and I had been around the, the like local Boston scene with my thrash bands, and you know we're playing mega covers and shit, and, and I'd always see them, and it's like you know they were cool. There was a lot of cool guitar work and like the old material for my missing half, and it was cool, but there was always this metalcore connotation. I never dug super deep into them, um, and. Like it's funny. I actually went to I went to college, the same college as Bijan, the the other guitar player from My Missing Half. And I remember I'd see him walking around with a Suicide Silence shirt, and I didn't know him at the time. And I'd be going around with like a Megadeth shirt, and it'd be that kind of thing where you sort of like make eye contact, but you're kind of like you know it's the different sort of thing. It's like uh, I don't know if this is co- yeah. It's like that close. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy that because. Once you get to a certain age, it just doesn't matter anymore. It's like a fucking metalhead. Yeah, I think I'm kind of. I think I've kind of gotten a little more at that point now because it's. I mean, yeah. Any anybody who's going to be interested in anything we we do is cool enough with me, so I'm I'm fine with that now. But yeah, it was, yeah. It was funny at the time though. There were definitely a uh, Bijan, the other guitar player, was was definitely a lot more influenced by that kind of stuff. And it's interesting how we eventually just met and were kind of like. No, it's all cool. We just sort of turned everything into this mellow death, thrashy kind of thing together. So, I don't know. Yeah, um, and it's it's you're actually kind of telling the story that I was going to ask with with some of my questions about my missing half because listening to the music, I hear maybe uh, melodically, uh, and and in, in some of um what, what you're doing, uh, those like metalcore. Um, melodic death metal sensibilities but to me it sounded like in, in terms of songwriting and overall presentation maybe something more in line I was going to say Megadeth um, metal more from the late 80s and, and 90s and it's almost to me personally more palatable as a metalhead than a lot of the metal metalcore bands that take a lot of those type of melodies and, and that stuff does that make sense? Yeah, yeah and I appreciate that too thank you for saying that um we we took a lot of uh, we took a lot of care for making it like um, palatable, I guess, as you said, to uh, kind of any fan of just aggressive music. Um, our previous music has been a little more. I don't know. I I think when the band had started, like before I was before I was in the band, like I said, they they there was this metalcore rep that uh, that they had, and by the time I had joined the band, it was kind of clear to me that they were like. We tried the metalcore thing because that's what was cool, but it was too late, so we're just forever digging ourselves out of that hole. And I'm like, sick, this is going to be a nightmare forever. Um, so, Way to sell it. So that's, yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's, it's like we're just forever trying to, like, not be too different that it's like, oh, man, that's just a whole different thing now. I mean, we're trying to ride on anything that we can establish at this point. We've been around the scene for... We've been around this Boston scene for a while. We've toured all over all over the U.S. We've done Canada stuff, and you know, and, and we've come through enough that we've gotten our, our own little fan bases in the areas. You guys know how it goes, and um, I, you know, we don't want to stray too far away from what we've been doing musically, but we do just want to keep adding more of like what we wish we were like known for. So like this this record yeah like like as you said there's there's more of that like more of that Megadeth influence more of that like 80s shred uh, 80s shred influence um, and then 
you know, e even more just like focusing on like bands like Insomnium or like, you know, that like the, the good era in flames, you know, um, like that kind of uh, that kind of stuff just to just to sort of push more in that direction and sort of away from like the metalcore kind of vibe that we kind of started with before I was even part of it. But. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm, I'm sorry. It was just funny because you're like before I was even part of it. I, I said it. <laughs> I literally said it, and I'm like, wow, distancing yeah, yourself from it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I know. It was not my doing whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one thing about you guys, you obviously do have a sense of humor. Um, I, we were talking before about your YouTube channel, uh, and we referenced one of your latest vi the social distancing. Uh, guitar playthrough we referenced and um, you know we, we urge our listeners to go check out the YouTube channel it's kind of a fun way to get into the music because um, uh, you had a sense of humor to a lot of the videos but uh, when you talk about the new album you're talking about Ceaseless Decay which is on Bandcamp and available on CD I know it came out this year uh, independently right that's all correct yeah okay. yeah we, yeah up that in April right 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 at the uh, peak peak coronavirus times yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I'm in a band too. I'm uh, my band Afterbirth put out an album like right there in March, and it's it's yeah, it's kind of a you're trying to like plug the album, but it's like the, the end of the world too. It's crazy, man. Totally, absolutely. Um, but you guys made the best of it, like I said, with those videos. And something else um, is the song "Let Me Forget" uh, was used in the mobile video game Raven's Path uh, by Evil Villain Games. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Um, we we actually had a few songs. Uh, I think only a couple older ones, but we, we had a handful of the Ceaseless Decay songs on that as well, um, just in various forms. We've okay. been we've been working together. Uh, we've been working with the uh, together with the the publisher of that game for a while. He he actually um, one of the guys behind the design team on that was. Uh, um, this is a really good friend of, of Bijan, our uh, guitar player and singer. Um, and have kind of been going back and forth on this for a while of just providing a soundtrack and just uh, turning everything into like an orchestrated version of, of our music and the soundtrack of the game. Um, Bijan also did all this like sound effects in the game as well. He, he created all those. And just so we could say it was like 100% by us, even like the sound of like rocks smashing and stuff. It's like a little RPG, a tactical RPG game on the phone. So you um, guys actually did all the, uh, well, Bijan did all the, the symphonic work and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, all the everything. music. Exactly, yeah. Which, I mean, you know, is, is a lot less difficult of a thing nowadays. Like, not, not to discredit him, but I mean, it's, it's one of those like, you know, we, we had plenty of time just sitting around and... <laughs> It's like putting it through Guitar Pro and, and, and like exporting the MIDI out to Reaper and, and putting a bunch of different plugins on it and stuff. And It's accessible, but you could still do some very creative stuff with it. You know, I, I don't like the idea of, of saying it's all easy because it's like, it's easy if it's lazy. I, I, fair enough, yeah. You can make it as intense and um, involved as you want it to with the way right. DAWs work now and just using MIDI and the hundreds of VSTs out there and all the different inflections yeah. and stuff it's uh yeah so that's cool man yeah it was a cool process um definitely a unique one uh and and yeah the the, the final results on it's pretty cool it's it's i don't know the, the music came out sounding pretty cool in that game because as i was saying it's 
all done with like that fake orchestration kind of thing but um it sounds cool we've had a lot of people writing to us about it and just being like oh you should do the whole songs like that and it's because there's only like fragments of them in the game but yeah you know. yeah well it lends itself to that kind of like uh fantasy video game style the melodies the the metal um it's not too far removed from the type of music you you want in that environment are you a gamer or um are, are other members of the band gamers like when we have time like it's one of those we 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 work a shitty job all day uh we practice guitar as much as we can until we hate it and then uh we tried to like decompress with some mindless video game for like the last four hours of our day kind of thing um you know apart from that like like not I, neither of us are like huge gamers um one of the things we've we've been doing was uh this was actually <laughs> in place of our canceled cd release was um we we started going on uh like facebook live and streaming uh playthrough of a pokemon game where we would only use like the worst pokemon and try to get as much of the game in but we do it for like eight hours a day it was like the most it was the dumbest thing and we had like it was like weird how many people would like jump in on it like it we were like this will be fun for like a week and then we looked at like our reach on it and like the the, the amount of shares and we're just like oh my god this was the best thing we posted in like the last like two months so we kept doing it so i don't know we were talking about starting it up with like diablo or something again and just just trying to do something but i'm writing this down there's a, a theme lately on some episodes um and I, I i know justin and tom i'm sorry i'm gonna go there uh is is these these newfangled ways that the kids are promoting metal music and and uncle buck up here in the loft trying to understand it all with my bifocals on um and you're right there you're 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 streaming you guys playing video games um you have like a poppin youtube page with kind of like uh you know good good quality uh you know parody but still playthroughs of you playing the instruments and doing the parts um and and it's kind of like this new in this new era it seems like you guys are taking full advantage of the internet and social media to promote yourselves um is, is that fair to say and you want to talk about that a little bit yeah totally um i i i appreciate you mentioning that because that's something that i'm like literally having a panic attack about every other day um <laughs> it's like it's such this this whole situation is just so unfamiliar to everybody obviously but like the way that yeah. the way that we're trying to like like mobilize and move forward with it i mean uh, you know nobody knows what to do uh e even as as like our record uh release was like approaching and it was just this whole like like should we release it you know we we, we spent like three years putting this record together just from all sorts of different schedule conflicts and, and whatnot and um started this big PR campaign and then like right as the PR campaign's like getting ready to just be like all right this is it it's like all this stuff started and we're like I guess this record's cursed all right so we, we just like immediately had to be like okay how do we how do we just like keep it going and um it's interesting we we, we didn't realize until this happened like how much of what we do is like live music focused um it's like we had like I think we had like three different tours booked um like right around our cd release time and through the end of this year and then we were supposed to be looking at a few more for the um for the upcoming months and of course all of them just get canceled like right away and it's or, or postponed quote unquote whatever that might mean but um so between that and then 
you know, all of a sudden, like, like we have this brand new record, and we're like, wait a minute, we don't, uh, you know, we our online presence was only so big, and I don't know, it just we didn't realize until that moment, like, how much stuff we sink into like touring and playing live and making everything back on on what we did, like, on the road. Um, so we, we kind of panicked over it, and we're like, well let's just keep uh, one thing that we've done in the past was we were pretty heavy on just like we'd make our own memes to promote shows just just to be funny and, and Bijan always had a really good mind for that I'd, I'd jump in and help him out I've gotten a little better with it too um, so that was something that always worked in our favor and we kind of thought maybe that's sort of the route to go is just keep making funny internet content so we stopped doing the you know we or we kind of pumped the brakes on uh, um you know a, a lot of those bands have kind of have a uh i don't know they're, they're kind of like acting in a role on, on like the internet you know they, they they go on their their doom metal page and they're posting in character more or less you know um so we kind of like pumped the brakes on that and brought a little more of like the tongue-in-cheek kind of humor that we have in person and we were just trying to be a little more personable on on the internet just to just to sort of establish like well, this is what we do now, so we might as well be a little more natural. It's easier for us to put out more stuff that way. Um, so that kind of led into us being like, well, we can make, you know, like we have all this content. We, we coincidentally this year we just started filming, like on like all of our shows, um, driving in, load in, anything, just just as much filming as we could do. So we have, you know, like three four months worth of like footage of just random stuff and a lot of it's goofy because i mean you know how it is like like bands on tour bands even just yeah just just like all the van stuff and any of that any of that kind of like lifestyle and 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 stupid stuff like that and all of a sudden you know with this new way that we were sort of behaving online we were suddenly able to like use all of that and like you know just kind of get creative with that material and um I don't know, and it was a little more natural to us because we were just being a little more of us and a little less of that that character that our music makes us. So, uh, so yes, we're just we're really <laughs> we're still trying to figure it out. We still really have no idea what to do, but um, <laughs> we know that well, the internet's well, like all we have. So yeah, just keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's no right answer. It's like the the creativity coming out of like you guys and and, and other people finding new ways to use their time and their outlet that isn't live music is like is one of the more inspiring things i think coming out of this whole year yeah I, I would agree it's it's pretty crazy watching some of these guys that are just like pumping out content or live streams left and right it's it's wild yeah so i'm just trying to keep up yeah man and well you guys were a little bit of, you, you didn't just start um all of a sudden i in doing the research i went back on your social media and there was one that really got me, and I and I said I gotta call these guys out. I got well, I gotta call Nick out on on the podcast. Um, what was it? It was uh, if your album has no triggered or sample replaced drums, then it's probably time for a colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah, we. Which is like, I think we put out around the time that soon after that. I don't even know how close to that it was, but. Uh, we put that up and then like our producer hit us up because he was like doing some work with reverb i guess and he was like he was putting out these videos that had to do with like mixing classes and stuff and one of them <laughs> that he did was like all about like the drums on our record and about how he was like 
adding in like fake drums. I mean, like the drums were like actually recorded, but um, we like sampled the kick everywhere, and then we're like adding stuff in all the time. And it's like we put that meme out, and then like that video came out right after, and we're just like, whatever. Like <laughs> that's the I don't know. I, a few I people caught on to it, but it got me tight. It got me tight, man. I was a little tight that morning. Didn't didn't cancel the interview though, man. I had to call you out on it. <laughs> I'm joking, but but um, but but I'm I'm in like I'm in like a, a half a dozen bands, all with uh, OG drummers that don't use triggers, man. So that's all, and they and they all got kids or are married or something. It's all you know. So you, it's just funny, man. It's it's one of those memes that's kind of like uh, halfway true, man. But um, yeah, I I had to call that out on the podcast. I thought that was pretty funny. Shout out to all of our old school drummers and all of our OGs out there listening, man. I'm with you. Um, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta laugh, man. Yeah, it's it's a joke, man. Um, and you know, talking about um, uh, playing guitar, uh, you know, before we get into um, the D. Snyder conversation and how that all came about, uh, or maybe it, it comes in with this, I did notice. Uh, uh, is it correct? You're endorsed by um, Charvel Guitars. Yeah. So, how, does that come about with working with D. Snyder, working with my missing half, or otherwise? Yeah, that was with D. Um, it was just, I, I had been, I'd actually been playing Ibanez for like a decade. Um, and I always really liked their stuff. And I just happened to like move over to, I don't know, I, 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 I just happened to be in the, like, just in some shop with some new Charvels one day. And I was checking them out and I really got into those. And uh, I started considering picking some up. And at the same t- around the same time, I had been talking to the other guitar player in the D band who uh, has been Jackson and Dorsey for a really long time. And, you know, Jackson and Charvel are both owned by Fender. So it's kind of, it's the same rep. And he was like, oh, Charvel's looking for guys. Like, if you're interested, I can hook you up. So I kind of like made the switch over to that kind of gear when I like, like while also being endorsed or picking up an endorsement with them. But, um, but yeah, that was all through that was all through the D band and and, uh, and all that company, pretty much. How good does that feel? Because I've always wanted an endorsement. I played in bands. The the guitar endorsement thing seems foreign to a lot of yeah. Like, like is it surreal or are you just it's, like oh this is how it's I do insane. It? Oh my god, it's beyond surreal. Like I I, I freak out about that every day. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Like, I don't know. It's it's that it's that like childhood dream stuff, man. You know what I mean? Like like I, I don't. I, I just got an email back the other day that like I'm in the the, the 2020 Charvel catalog, like the product catalog, and I'm like scrolling down, yeah. and my picture's there next to all the artists, and I'm just like, can get like seriously, like it's nuts. That's it's awesome. absolutely insane. I don't. None of this. None of the stuff gets old. I, I've I've been with them for a few years now, and it's just like. I'll, every time I grab one of the one of the guitars I've gotten from that endorsement, it's just like it, it's just like hilarious to me that, that that's that that's real life. I, I don't know, I can't get I can't get used to that. Oh well, congratulations, man! It's it's a brand. I'm not a guitarist, obviously, um, but I've always associated it with Nocturnus because I know back in the day the classic Nocturnus albums they used a, a, like friends of mine even back then commented that that was a little unusual. Um, and maybe like that was the secret or something, you know. I don't know, but uh, uh, perhaps well, the key. Well, Nocturnus dad joke for the old school guys, man. Um, talking about endorsements, I do want to get into the whole D Snyder thing and how that came about. But what? But before we get off the endorsement thing, say um, we have a lot of listeners, maybe people who are in uh, touring, hardworking bands. They've put out albums, maybe on independent labels. 
uh, and they're out there. Um, how how would you recommend, or do you have any advice for someone who who maybe we all think like that guy should be endorsed? That guy, you know, and they just never kind of put themselves out there. Is there a way to go about it and get people to notice you? Not necessarily Charvel, but any company. Um, I think uh, I mean honestly, I think the best thing to do is like, as long as you have like a solid reputation musically and the work to back it up, but also like a solid reputation for your personality and proof of that to back it up, whether it's online presence, um, I don't know, even just like, I, I don't want to just say it's like a numbers game because, you know, in a way it, it, it totally is. You, you look at it, a lot of these websites and they'll have the general uh, endorsement applications where it's like, you need to have this many shows a year and, the, you know, all this. And it's like, eh, but um, I found a lot of the artist relations stuff that I've been involved with, um, it hasn't even mattered. It was kind of just like, I I deal with this company or, or like with these people. Uh, and they said like, you know, and, and I just wanted to know if there was an opportunity to, to, to get something going. Here's, here's what I do. And I mean, a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it just kind of seems to ride on your reputation as a person. And if you have the music stuff to back it up, that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely a plus. Like, um, I, I don't, you know, like I, I I email all my all the companies I'm endorsed by. Like, I email with them frequently, like just to just catching up, just saying hi. I there's a there's a hardware company out of Philly, uh, Fu Tone, that um that I, I I work with a lot. And I mean, like I'll go down there, hang out at their shop, we'll grab food, do that kind of thing. Like, just just being friendly with these people uh, goes a really long way. Yeah, basic networking. What what other companies are you endorsed by? Aside from Charvel, I have uh, Fu Tone, which is like for for like um, Floyd Rose bridges and right. stuff, um, and a lot of just guitar hardware. Um, Intune guitar picks, and then I work with this um, with this custom clothing. Um, they're called Creeping Death Designs. It's this girl who's based out of Boston. It's a friend of mine. I I, I work with her, and she does like the you know, like the, the the rock star stage pants and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, why not? That shit's cool as hell. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's kind of like I mean, it, I'll be honest, it can be like kind of it can be kind of a lot for like you know like 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 club shows with a death metal band. But I mean, you know, you you kind of need that stuff when you're on stage with D. So it's yeah, I was gonna say yeah. That that's I'm sorry I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's kind of like the perfect segue there to D. Snyder. Like like you said, um, clothing clothing like that is kind of a requirement when you're on stage with D. Snyder. Could you take us through the connection? How do you end up playing for D. Snyder, um, and when exactly does that process take place? <laughs> so that was like it's still like the weirdest like chain of events to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of started out with like a few years back there um the drummer from he's in the d band with me he just messaged me on facebook and i didn't even like wasn't even facebook friends with him i just get a message request from this dude and uh all i see in the message was because it was one of those like hey i'm in this band and i got a question for you kind of thing. it was like that that template uh thing and you know i I see that every once in a while, and it's like I, yeah, I'll always entertain it and you know check it out, but you don't ever like expect anything insane from that, right? So I, so it was just this thing, but I, I noticed he said uh, he was in Josta and Toxic Holocaust, and I'm like, okay, like I'm, I, I love Toxic Holocaust, so immediately that like in my head, I'm just like, okay, this, 
this might be a big deal. And if you're working with Jamie Josta, obviously, you know, you, you it's no you're no you know slouch, you know, it's Exactly, yeah, yeah. He he he's a busy dude, so I mean if you're keeping up yeah. with that, that's that's definitely big time too. Uh, so I just you know, like I, I, I wrote back I'm like, you know, hey what's up? And um, this dude is uh, his name's Nikki. He um, he wrote back and he's just like, Yeah, you know, I just need some players for this gig or for this um, for this band I'm putting together. Uh, and I was referred, I was sent your way. I'm like, okay, um, what's what's the deal? And you know, he's just like, well, you know, he's just kind of like gauging where I'm at. And like, you know, like, so I was checking out your bands, and you know, I, I just asking me some basic questions about stuff, you know. Um, and then eventually, it asked like, you know, is is your uh, do you have a passport? I'm like, yeah. Uh, it's like a couple of the questions, and then eventually, I think he's like, so. We record, and this was before this like new D. Snyder record was like even in the news. Is like having been proposed, like like no idea this is even happening. Um, so he's like, so my brother and I, his brother's actually the guitarist, Charlie. Um, he goes, my brother and I recorded uh, a new record for D. Snyder, and I, I remember I'm sitting there. This 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 conversation was like you know, it's like a half hour into talking to this dude. I'm just going about my morning. I'm like finishing working out. I'm going to take a shower. And I'm sitting there, like, like turning the shower on and reading this message on my phone that just says, "So I was put like we put the we recorded a new album for D. Snyder, and I'm just looking at it like this is fake. Like, there's no way. Jeez, I mean, man, you know, it, it's like it's just it's just unreal. So, you know, I, I like uh, okay, like like that's you know, and he, he just said that they they uh, they put the record together. Uh, it was just the two of them and, and Jamie, um, Jamie Jossa, and they had you know some of their buddies like like Howard Jones came in. Um, they had like Mark from Lamb of God do something. They had Ollie Herbert from All That Remains do something for it. Just like little guest spots, um, Elisa from Arch Enemy, just to kind of put this thing together. And they wrote like all of it and just had D singing. Um, and then I guess they sold it to Napalm, and Napalm wanted to do a few shows. So management was immediately like, "Let's get a band together," and kind of looked at like Nikki and Charlie, having recorded it, and been like, "You guys are in it. Find a couple others." They're like, "Uh," and I guess they just asked around. Um, I actually got the 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 referral off of a good friend of mine. Um, I you know so it was that was kind of just how that started. I. Um, they told me to come down and audition with a few tunes where they sent me a few of the at the time unreleased songs from the the record that wound up coming out uh, for the love of metal the album is for the love of metal uh on napalm records um and highly recommended um i couldn't help but think uh at times of uh, steve grimmett of grim reaper and how he's sustained his voice all these years throughout all these projects working with different people and how D. Snyder, um, re- especially on this album, uh, just kind of maintained his credibility as like a formidable metal vocalist. Um, aside from whatever people might think of him as a pop culture type of type of person. Yeah, that was definitely something that this this record really showcased and um, surprised a lot of people with. Um, I and unfortunately, I wasn't part of the creation and like recording process of that i came in when it was a when it was a live thing and you know at the time it was just like we put the record out this label picked it up 
uh, we booked a few shows. Let's see how it goes. Um, and Dee had been doing a few different. He's he's always so busy. Like when it comes to just music, even he's doing. He had been doing his Broadway thing for a while, and then he was doing like this like weird pop rock kind of thing. So he's all over the map, and uh, you know he 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 loves the aggressive heavy stuff. He, he his kids are really into that, and he 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 loves doing you know he he likes what what they like. He likes being around that. Um, so he was a for it, and we did these few shows, and everybody was just like, "What the hell? Like this is insane!" Because we took. You know, we took a few. Um, we took a bunch. Of, uh, well, our, our set lists for for these shows early on were basically it was just a it was like a best of Twisted Sister, and then a handful of the tracks from at the at the time upcoming album. And those new songs were a lot a, a lot heavier, a lot more like contemporary commercial metal. I mean, there was some thrashier stuff, but you know, some like liquid metal type, you know, uh, like like trademark sounds on that. So to fit in with that, we, we beefed up a lot of the Twisted Sister stuff and just added a lot of that like contemporary metal kind of feel to it. We did a few shows on that and it just, the response was unbelievable. Um, the record wound up coming out a couple months after those first few shows and it just like, I think it, it it debuted at like number 21 on Billboard, which was like the craziest thing. It was like, they charted near like Post Malone. And I'm like, dude, like that's not, a, like this isn't, it was the most insane thing. So, uh, you know, from there it was just like, the label was like stoked and we kept booking. So what, what I thought, I think what we all thought was just gonna be like this little fun project that just popped up, turned into like this really big deal and, and we just kept rolling on it. Um, and you know we we like uh, as it as it kept going um, you know we, we transformed all the all the music into like you know we, we heavied up the Twisted Sister stuff even more made it a little more palatable to like the Euro metal dudes because we were doing all those festivals and stuff and um, you know alongside a lot of really big heavy heavy bands so you know and and D was just in, absolutely is embracing the hell out of this stuff so. You know, it, it, it made it really cool uh, to see like how how legit he he could like pull this off um, while we were going about it. So it was pretty yeah, cool. It was a pretty me, cool thing. It's funny. As a Long Islander, I'm very proud of D. Snyder. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody knows the whole uh, the PMRC hearings and all that, and his history with Twisted Sister. Uh, but in preparation for the interview, I, I did a little research. I'd recommend everybody, if they're going to check anything out, there's a really good YouTube video, I think, from you. You're in the band, I believe, performing in, Mel in Melbourne, Australia, was it? Yeah. And you really see D. Snyder uh, at his age, at this point in his career, kind of, and, and he just kind of owns it as a metal frontman. Um, and the, the, the opening, from the opening song, it was on. Um, I, I really, I... I wasn't prepared for like that that strong a performance. I'll be perfectly honest, man. It was really amazing, and um, that that takes me to you know you talked before about how my missing half. You guys started to, you know you have videos of yourselves loading into places and you're at restaurants on the road. You've kind of you've slugged it out. You've been to Canada and back and played local shows in Boston with that band. Then you start working with D. Snyder. You're flying across the. I think you guys you guys went to Mexico too, right? Oh yeah, we've been. We've been everywhere. Oh, right. It's insane, yeah. 
So, so I mean, that's got to be a surreal experience because all of us on the podcast and a lot of our guests have talked about kind of slugging it out in a tour van with your buddies and staying at the Motel Six and that sort of thing. Um, but not all of us know. Like, what what are all the what are all the differences and the things that you might not think of that are so different when you start working with a big artist like that? Um. I get to shower like almost every day, so that's cool. Uh, the you know like I, I my hair doesn't smell weird like after two days, so I, I really like that. Um, no, it's it's interesting. Like it's weird because like coming from that like DIY tour background, um, it's it's so like ingrained. Like I've I've been doing like you know the just the typical like van tours and stuff for so many years and uh like with my missing half or any of my bands before that um and then jumping into this and it's funny too because because having like uh mickey and charlie uh in that band as well from they've, they've got the same same background growing up uh growing up in, in in music like and granted they've worked with pretty big artists but nobody really on, on this level like this uh, they were both in Toxic Holocaust for a really long time as well, and that was a largely like DIY style, like touring kind of band, despite still traveling the whole world. So like, you know, we'll, we'll get to like these. It's like the it's the funniest thing because we'll we'll fly into like these like Israel, and we'll have like our guitar techs and stuff. But like, the three of us are like still like picking amps up and shit, and like like setting the backline, and we're tuning our own stuff, and our tech is just like, what are you doing? Like it's the it's it's so weird. Like. <laughs> Like having those guys there, um, we actually got to the point where, I, because we do that so much and we're like self-sufficient enough that all last year, like the 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 last, I, 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 yeah, like the whole la last summer that we were out on the road, um, we didn't even bring any techs with us because we were just kind of doing it all ourselves anyway. It was just saving money. But um, in terms of like a lot of the differences, uh, seriously, it's like. Um, it's it's just it's so much less stressful to just because um, there's so much more of a there's there's so much more organization. Um, I I, yeah. I I hate like the you know how it is you you go around it, it, it's like four or five dudes in a van at least and you're just trying to do literally everything and like you call yourself a musician but playing music is probably the least amount of anything that you're doing every single day when you're out on the road yeah um yeah. and to be able to just like kind of go and like not worry about it like our manager would ride with us just because he likes doing it so like he'd be you know he takes care of everything we'll have a sound guy with us so you know he's taking care of all that we don't we get sound checks that like actually last some time it's just it's amazing the difference, you know. Um, it's it's luxurious in every way it could be, but it's funny to still have like I still have that DIY mindset about it. So, and I think that honestly helps me kind of stay a little grounded in this stuff too, because it gets a little insane when you're in like this other country playing in between uh, Dream Theater and Def Leppard to thirty thousand people, and you're standing on stage next to like a heavy metal icon. So it's like it's a little weird. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome though, man. Wow, I didn't even think of that. So you get to watch Dream Theater and Def Leppard too, just from like from the sidelines. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 unreal. Like I, like we um, 
some of those some of those real big shows and and um we'll play pretty high up on those on those bills like it's one thing to play them but i mean i'm looking at it and i'm seeing bands that like i would normally think would headline a show here that i'd be going to and it's like like venom Inc. is playing and like the, you know the tent over there and we're on in like sec like six hours oh all right well let me let me start my day by checking out these dudes like <laughs> it's just it's insane um and then yeah it's the 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 stuff you're around like like in that is i i remember uh we played in um this year we played this festival out in spain um rock fest in barcelona and i actually my parents flew out to check it out I mean, never been out of the country and they wanted to see one of these big festival shows and so they're like we're leaving the hotel you know we we, we get to the venue and it's like part way through the day and we're, we're playing real late and uh you know, it's one of those like forty thousand people, like ridiculous. You know, it's, it's what you see the, the the YouTube clips of and stuff. And we get there, and like Sebastian Bach was playing, and, <laughs> you know, and I and I love that. I I love old Skid Row, and like you know, I know my parents are into it. It's just we like we pull up, and we're just kind of like waiting around for our managers, like going to get our uh, our uh, is going to make sure like the dressing rooms are all set, and so. You know, we're just kind of waiting by the van, and, and Sebastian's on stage, and I'm like, look, I'm like, you guys want to go see Sebastian? Like, talking to my parents, and he's like, what? And it's like, yeah, you know, so you just walk up on stage, right on the side, just stand in there, and like, and we played with him before, like, he knew who I was, so like, they're sitting there, he, he's just performing to all these people, and like, you know, he looks over, he sees me, and he's like, yeah. My parents are just like, what the hell? Like, it was just, you know. So it's kind of it's it's very weird it's just it's such a strange setting to to be in and to just i don't know i just try to like act natural in it but it's absolutely like overwhelming you you mentioned your parents that was going to be one of my questions was you, you said you're 27 so i imagine your parents are of a certain generation what was their reaction when you told them i'm going to be working for d snyder oh man it was awesome i uh <laughs> i I I had mentioned to my mom like the that that text that I had gotten earlier in that day where it was like oh you know this is interesting because they had, they put up with my shit for long enough that they know you know they know who Toxic Holocaust is I'm listening to them regularly but they're aware <laughs> so I I went and I was like oh that's kind of you know that was cool like sent a screenshot of the message and it was like oh wow what's that about and it's like ah oh, I don't know that's well, whatever. And then, like an hour later, I just kind of like talking to her again. I'm like, "Senior D. Snyder." She's like, "Yeah." And I'm just kind of like, "So remember that message earlier?" And I just I remember her just being like, "No fucking way!" Like just blown away immediately. It was just like, "Oh, like no, you like you you're kidding. You like, absolutely not." Uh, and I mean, my dad was pretty much the same reaction. Like there like like they they love that stuff um they grew up around it they uh, you know they 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 know it all inside and out so wow yeah that's that's awesome man um and you know talking about that whole experience like clarify this for me because i tried to do the research but are do you actually um perform on either of the live albums that have been released the, the sick motherfuckers live in the usa or the for the love of metal live for the love of metal live i do so that's the um the okay. other one i don't that was um I, I i think that was like his old solo band 
So I've okay. been working with him since 2018. Um, it was like right after they finished recording that record, uh, I jumped in and, and started doing the live stuff. And I, um, I, I, I've been on pretty much anything since. So we've we put out like a studio single recently that that has all of us on it. And um, does that prove and me we wrong? That live record. Yeah, yeah. Prove me wrong. Is the name of that one. Yep. And then the, yeah. the the for the love of metal live is is coming out in uh, next yeah July thirty first and that one I'm I'm on with the with the whole band as well. Got it. And um and you know like you know like you said the um uh, the ceaseless decay album by my missing half came out uh, right around the time that this coronavirus started affecting everything. Um, and uh, you know I'm sure that that uh, you know this it probably affected a lot of D Snyder's plans and all that. Uh, but w- what was there any plans uh, with D. Snyder that got pushed back or that are still kind of on, um, you know, hiatus? Uh, interestingly, he had um, he had wanted to take a lot of this year to just work on writing. So we didn't have really anything booked. Um, <laughs> we were talking. I was talking to him the other day, and he was saying, "He's like, I must be a prophet." Because I told management I wanted to take 2020 to, to work on writing and work on he's he's doing like a like a uh, a book or two and I know he's working on a movie and he wanted to he wanted to focus this year on that and we were going to work on writing some new material and um, and that was kind of going to be most of this year was just doing that and we'd hit the ground run next year maybe and you know figure it out from there but uh, just kind of see how it all comes together but. Definitely, I'm not uh, surprised. We, we had a lot of this year. Yeah, I'm just not surprised. Like, he, I mean, I'm sure you know a lot better than I do, but he seems like a really smart dude, and smart dudes get lucky. Yeah, because <laughs> that's how it goes. But well, but yeah, so, I so mean, that's, so, that's something I wanted to ask you. You, you know, you just mentioned you know uh, speaking to him. Um, I could understand with with some of these bigger artists if you're hired as part of a live band if maybe you don't get the opportunity to get them to know them personally as much. So a lot of the a lot of the times we hear that it's more of a business relationship. Uh, but I was going to ask you is it is it something akin to that or did you actually get a chance to get to know D Snyder um, personally? Oh yeah, no, I I, I definitely do. I, I we we go back and forth on text every once in a while. Like we like we 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 all know him very well. It's. It's 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 almost shocking how how like down to earth of a dude he is that like we're all just like very well connected with him we're all just good friends with him and that was even from like I think like from our first tour you know I remember like being on an airplane sitting next to him talking to him for a few hours on our way to like Norway or something um, just just getting to know him more was like he's he's very uh, very sociable and very like into the idea of like. We are a band, even though it's his name on the on the backdrop and everything. It's it's he doesn't make it seem like we're just like hired guns and we're just in and out. Even though I mean, like you know, if push comes to shove, that's probably that's that's kind of just the business. But um, but he, I mean, he's he's really into this whole like band idea with us and um, and is 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 very yeah. We all have a very personal relationship with him in that respect. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I would expect. Um... And having grown up on Long Island, like like I said, he is kind of, you know, I remember still, my mother saw him at the supermarket once uh, years ago. Um, there was actually, actually probably only seven or eight years ago, I went to see Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons at the at the Westbury Music Theater. 
and I sat like directly. It's a circular theater, and I sat directly across from D. Snyder and his wife. Like you can pick them out of the crowd, <laughs> like. But it, it's yeah. Like growing up on Long Island, a lot of people have their D. Snyder sightings, and you hear you also hear them on um, WBAB, our local classic rock station. You hear him a lot of times. He'll he'll do like interviews in the morning, call into the morning show and things. And you always get this impression of him being a real down to earth, old school rock and roller guy and telling stories about Twisted Sister playing playing shows 350 days a, a year or whatever it was and you know when they were trying to make it. I'm sure you've probably heard those type of stories too, right? Oh yeah. He 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 loves to just like chat about just different stuff. And I mean he he knows so many things. He's been around so many things. He's done so much and he, he just loves like hanging out and like chatting and just talking about that stuff so but yeah he's 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 everything that everybody always they're always like oh man he seems like such a cool guy like i can't emphasize or, or, or really put enough on like like it that's so much the case he's he's just such a cool dude he he sounds um, like a perfect guy to join us on the heavy hole here sometime I'll hit him up because I know that he's just hanging out and he's probably getting kind of bored down in Belize right now. So I'll see if he's, I'll see what Belize. he's up to. Right now. <laughs> like a boy. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he's on a he's on like a top five for Long Island with with Billy Joel and a couple other heads, man. EPM EPMD. Um, but but uh, Nick, you know, we talked about um, gear. We talked about my missing half. Um, and I just want to ask you too. Um, you know, look, looking up your work, there was uh, also um, was it Sonic Pulse is another band you were involved in? Yeah, yeah, I was with those guys for a while. It, so that's that's no longer that band's no longer going on. No, no, we uh, that was like this. Uh, it was like this party thrash band that I was doing for a while. Uh, another Boston area one. I used to tour with them a lot. Um, yeah, we put out a bunch of different stuff. Uh, and I, I, it was just a matter of like when the D stuff all started, I, I really just ran out of time with a lot of things and that kind of just tapered off because it was like everybody was sort of spread out enough um, location wise and just like time wise that we just didn't really have time to fit it in anymore and it kind of fell apart. But gotcha. um, yeah. but yeah, that was a that was a fun one for a while. I think actually a lot of that too, even to relate to my missing half was a um, was sort of a catalyst for like what we're doing now just in terms of like the humor and stuff that we had in that i mean it was it was like it was this it was such a weird we played stuff that was like a mix of like megadeth and dragon force and then like huh. we just added this like really stupid humor to it all the time that just didn't it was just goofy for the sense of just trying to be like different and make people look at it um but it got to the point where it was like we i remember actually um one of the times i was, I was sitting down just like working on writing stuff with Bijan, and 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 he was talking about just um like merch ideas and just you know how, how difficult it is to like you know go back and forth with like well we only have this much money and we want something that'll actually sell and i don't know these ideas and that those ideas and and i remember him at one point being like man he's like how come like you don't talk about with sonic pulse how easy this is like you could just put out a shirt with like Scooby-Doo doing drugs and like everybody would just be okay with it. And like, and like, we can't do that. And, uh, but I think nowadays, I think we're, 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 that's what we're doing with our YouTube pages. We're just like trying to, we're trying to like post enough crap on it until we can finally release a shirt of Scooby-Doo doing drugs with our, with our name on it. So 
<laughs> so careful not to get that's... too much attention because you get too big well, and then all of a sudden Hanna Barbera comes after you. You know? Oh uh, well, <laughs> alleged, alleged. <laughs> dude. If if oh man, like that's like the dream though right now. Anyway, is to just like like <laughs> let's like like if if I got a cease and desist from like from Hanna Barbera, like hell yeah, like I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you make that the shirt. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That like how many memes and like awful like stupid merchandise things could we could we build out of that? It's it's great. That is like the goal to just like piss off a real person. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, you got you kind of pissed me off with the with the trigger drums colonoscopy meme, um, but I got I got over it, Nick. Yeah, man. Um, but if if our listeners want to follow your journey towards pissing people off, they can check your YouTube page with my missing half. Um, and check out the new album, Ceaseless, Ceaseless Decay, uh, as we said. It's available on Bandcamp, um, I know, and on CD. Uh, you can look it up. You guys are on the social media, like we talked about. And um, also, also uh, like you mentioned, on Napalm Records, the uh, D. Snyder live album for The Love of Metal coming out that you're also featured on. Um, you can check check out some stuff from that on YouTube, the, the new single and, and like previews and stuff like that. And before we let you off the hook, Nick, we always ask our guests to recommend one classic release uh, and one newer release by anybody you like uh, just to recommend music for us and the listeners. Oh, by anybody? Oh, man. Anything old, anything new. Older and newer release. Okay, so... I mean, as far as like an older release would go, I... I look at like Rust in Peace by Megadeth as like the Bible for like like just like sick guitar playing with like a lot of melodic structure and just I I don't know there's there's so much good in that record I guess yes. I would say yeah. that I guess I would say mm-hmm. Rust in Peace by Megadeth um, that's just I'm glad you took it there I'm glad you took it there yeah yeah it's it, it's my favorite album of all time I, I I you know every time I put that on it's like it's just such a such an awesome feeling and it's like oh yeah this is this is my favorite musical work ever like and i it's always inspiring to even listen to and i think that's that like not only like re like re-listening quality to music is is real important but also like like time and time again getting new inspiration from listening to the same stuff is like really important and that doesn't come around a whole lot so i think that would have to be my my classic recommendation yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to stop just to stop you quickly before the new I, I just recently was listening to Megadeth in the last few weeks and then I already told you I listened to my missing half and I felt like you guys were taking some of those inspirations and and, and result and like get, get you know getting in a similar place to, to Megadeth and and I, I heard some of that so it's really cool to hear you bring that up man and I'm gonna say something controversial right now I'm gonna drop a bomb on everybody I, if we're just talking classic albums, I'm not going to go discography versus discography because that gets crazy, but I honestly prefer Megadeth to Metallica. And I'm not saying I don't like Metallica, but I prefer old Megadeth to old Metallica. Yeah. Um, we're getting shut down by Metallica now. Lars is coming to your place. <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> it's one of those, like, no. threat, you know, those big four thrash questions, you know? It makes sense. The guitar work on that is just ridiculous. Every single track has something to offer. Yeah. 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 It's Marty Real- Friedman going insane. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still get joy out of, like, H- Hangar 18 is something new every time I listen to it. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, there's, isn't it? There's, like, like, like you said before, little tricks and little flourishes, like, in that whole solo bit. Um, it's super fun. I'm on Will's team with uh, 
Megadeth over Metallica for sure. Yeah, actually, that's where I was going to. So this is a unanimous heavy hole opinion. <laughs> right here. Look at this. I never have it. It's the way to go, man. I feel like I'm always defending myself against like against the the, the Metallica majority, you know. And, and like I get it. I mean, the songwriting on a lot of their early work is is incredible. There's plenty of melodic elements to follow on that. The a lot of the guitar work is still superb, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always just followed the, the Megadeth style of things, the Megadeth way of writing yeah, and playing. You don't have to, you don't have to def defend your tastes, man. And I, no one's, no one's knocking. Pe people get so sensitive about that too, man. No one's knocking Metallica, but you know, my my preference as a fan, Megadeth, dude. And um, and honestly, man, I'm gonna go out on a limb here too. I really enjoyed uh, Dystopia. Uh, the, the album from a few years ago. That was it, right? Dystopia? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I listened to that a few times when it came out, and I said, this is cool, man. They're, they're, they're catering to the old school fans. Um, but it was but around that time, I believe Queensryche also got Todd Latore and was catering to the old school fans. I'm an old school fan. I'll take it. You know what I mean? Whatever, dude. Yeah, exactly. But not, not to, I was just excited you brought up Megadeth because I feel like I heard something of that. So not, not to um, reiterate that too much, but uh, not to derail you, what is your new recommendation? I feel like I don't listen to as much like new music as I like always used to. Uh, a lot of the times that I'm ever listening to anything, I kind of just go back to what's familiar and what I, you know, tried and true stuff. But um, as far as new stuff goes, there's like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm really into, actually, uh, I'm really into this band that, I think they're probably close to like over a decade old at this point, but it's like they started as like this metalcore band. They're, they're called The Agonist out of um, Montreal. Uh, and they've kind of morphed into more of like a technical, they still have their metalcore elements, but a lot of like technical, mellow death kind of band. They're, they're, they're a pretty wide influence band. They, they put out a record. La uh, last year called Orphans that I really really enjoyed um, just for the amount of like the versatility in their songwriting their instrumentation um, it, it, it showcases everything that those guys are capable of and honestly like like fan or not of that music I think that kind of that kind of uh, writing and that kind of uh, execution of just you know what's everybody good at let's compile that and let's show it off where it fits it's a well thought out album um it 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 just feels really good to listen to and, and like i said like fan or not of that band i feel like it's enjoyable for even just the musicianship and sort of the the way they put it together so that would probably be my my more more modern pick would be um orphans by the agonist Okay, all right, we gotta check that. I've I've definitely heard that name around. It's kind of like on my subconscious list, you know. It keeps popping up when I'm looking through music and things like that. Um, all right, the agonist, uh, and um, uh, Nick Petrino. We thank you for joining us tonight on the podcast and telling your story, talking about um, not only my missing half, but your experience working for D. Snyder, um, and that and uh, uh, touring and everything like that, man, and. Um, like we say with everybody, you know, it's kind of uncertain times, but we wish you the best of luck going forward and getting back to more productive times um, with live music and things like that, man. Um, any parting words for fans of your music or listeners of our show? First of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, this was yeah, this was a great time. And, uh, of course, the same to you guys as well with 
like you said, it's it's weird times. It's nobody knows what's going to happen next. Nobody really knows the fate of our industry, and it's, it's it's scary. And we definitely, it's nice to have such a big community, especially in heavy metal. Like um, I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, and most of the listeners too. That um, you know, it's it's nice to have this in these times to to look at it on the bright side. So, um, you know, just. We'll see where it all goes. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, and I know a lot of us are. But, uh, yeah, that's about it on my end. Thank you guys again for, for having me. And uh, check out our music, because we don't make any money, and we hope to one day. <laughs> Common refrain from the underground musician, man. T- t- timeless quote. Uh, yeah, Nick, uh, Nick Petrino, um, thank you very much, brother. We appreciate it, and we'll be in touch with you going forward, man. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Nick. Okay, that was uh, Nick Petrino. We thank him for joining us today. Um, and again, the, the plug for that uh, the new album by My Missing Half, uh, Ceaseless Decay. You can get it on Bandcamp. Uh, and look them up. They're on the social media. They're doing the YouTube thing. We talked about it. Um, and also look out for that new album by D. Snyder for The Love of Metal Live. Um, there's a single, uh, Prove Me Wrong, that you can check out. Um, Nick also on that, man. So it was good talking to Nick. Nice guy. I love talking to a fellow guitar player. Uh, we try not to get too... I, I have I had some techie questions for him. I didn't want to get into it because I know all of our listeners aren't guitar players, but I feel like he's available on social media, so I might be hitting him up there, you know, asking him about his yeah. you know, string gauges and shit like that, his effects loops. I, I appreciate that you didn't want to embarrass me. Didn't want to... Didn't, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to elevate the conversation beyond where I could understand things. I'm man, trying to keep good. the table round, you know, so we can all have a <laughs> yeah, good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I can't think outside of that box. Um, but, uh, you know, in all reality, I do try to expand my horizons, uh, and part of that is I'm asking you guys um, what you're listening to lately. Uh, and, and just like uh, Nick Petrino did, I want you to recommend me some new music. What's up? I like it. I like how we do this every week. This is fun. Yeah, I like I like I like our little okay. get-togethers. Yeah, so let, I'll start it off uh, with a you know quick few words about a new release I've been digging. Uh, the band is called End. Three simple little letters. Uh, it's a heavy meaning though, you know. The end. It's, it's it's big, right? The last one. We all, yeah, we all know. Yeah, it's over loaded after. loaded so, word loaded word. So we got their their brand new LP, their first LP uh, after a pretty well received EP a couple years ago. Uh, it's called Splinters from an Ever Changing Face. Uh, really cool rabbit like artwork on, on this deal, like this melty sort of a little more high definition cave painting kind of uh, thing that's going on. But uh, the, so, the face, right? The it's a, yeah. it's a kind of like yeah, Adam Burke, I believe, uh, did the artwork. I noticed. Oh, right that. on. Yeah, he, he right. did. I know he, he obviously did uh, artwork for Artificial Brain for our, our Infrared Horizon album. Um, Very cool. But yeah, but, but yeah, I just noticed that uh, you, you bring up the artwork, man. Go ahead. Sick, yeah. So, uh, so the end is um, is kind of like this uh, super group of 
of some some of underground's a little more popular underground metals uh, heavy hitters. So it's a it's a project started by producer and guitar player Will Putney uh, from Fit for an Autopsy, uh, featuring vocalist Brendan Murphy from the band Counterparts, which is a little more like a melodic-y, post-hardcore kind of deal, which is definitely not what he's doing uh, in this band. Then we got Greg Thomas, who's um, formerly of Shy Halud playing guitar, hmm. uh, Jay Pepito of Reign Supreme on bass, and Billy Reimer of Dillager Escape Plan and Glassjaw and a couple other projects, uh, Long Island guy, uh, playing drums on this record. And I... This definitely like the, the the parts equal a greater whole uh, on what's going on here. It's not you know um, it's not like a circle jerky kind of super group you know metal project that sometimes these things can kind of get into. It's uh, eleven tracks, just under thirty four minutes of like really intense, heavy death grind, post hardcore little doom kind of things shown in there. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Will Putney's production, and this thing is just sounds monstrous, uh, evil. It's fucking. It, it's it's great. Just having a can't say enough good things about this release right now. So, and if you haven't heard about it, uh, start it, please. Uh, yeah, I I I enjoyed this kind of. It had, the vibe it gave me was kind of like a black metal grindcore, black metal kind of um, atmosphere and production, but but grindcore quality, like a shrill, scary grindcore. Uh, interesting stuff. And, you know, you mentioned Billy Reimer, um, the the drummer, right? Uh, Ex-Dillinger mm-hmm. Escape Plan. Just for the listeners, if they're interested, we, we interviewed our boy Russ um, from uh, uh, Thought Crimes, um, the project with Billy Reimer. We did a whole episode right. with Russ, Russ Savarese, right? Mm-hmm. Savarese. Yeah. The um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a whole episode. The listeners can go back, and uh, he's actually in a project with Billy Reimer of uh, Dillinger Escape Plan and End, uh, apparently, um, called Thought Crimes. Um, just had to make that little connection in there, throw that little plug in there for the boy Russ. Shout to Russ. Um, right on, and Yeah, re- really interesting stuff, man. Like I said, kind of like a shrill, evil, black metalish grindcore thing going on, in, in my opinion. Yeah, de- definitely. It's And uh, when you see like the cast uh, of characters on this album... Um, I love how it's it's kind of you can't really like you can't say oh this is like uh, you know this is obviously the drummer of Dillinger Escape Plan or obviously the guitar player fit for an autopsy or something like that like they're coming together to create like this new deal um, and I appreciate that. You're you're right, but it still makes sense somehow. It's still sure. yeah, it's 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 still you could you could you could see that branch grow off. You know, it's it's still there. Yeah, yeah cool release. So from London, I am bringing a band to you. Mm-hmm. I love this this name of this band. It's fantastic. Uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve. Uh, this is a oh, 1970s horror movie. That's where they adopted uh, the name for. Cool. All right. All right. I, I was not ready for this, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I would appreciate it next time if you'd warn me uh, if you're going to recommend something like this before I drink my coffee. Um, I... I 
yeah, it got. It, uh, go ahead, go ahead, talk, talk, because I got a few things I want to say too. Huge shout out to Comatose Music. Most of the releases that come out on Comatose are just really up my alley, brutal, disgusting. It's overwhelming. I know I'm missing a lot of shit on that label. Uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve and their new album, uh, A Resting Place for the Wrathful. Mm. Uh, March 27th, 2020, just came out. So brutal. The entire thing. This perfect guttural approach yes. all throughout the album. Yes. I love this vocalist. The vocalist is also on guitar duty. Love it. Um, it's fast, but it's not blistering. It's well-paced. Um, varieties of tempos up and down, which is really nice in a really an extremely brutal release like this. This is like for um, imagine if you had a really clean sounding Brodequin that just slowed down every now and then. Um, that th- that's kind of where my brain was going a little bit. Would not call them a Brodequin ripoff. Uh, the brutality is just matched. Is my point. The drums in this are perfect because there's. There is a little bit of triggering or, or um, sample replacement on the kick. Just enough. It's not a lot. It's not intrusive. It doesn't cut through the whole mix. It doesn't make the headroom dodge all the way down, which I, I'm not really into on mixes. It's a, it's a real fucking drum kit that there's just a touch of treatment to. Just a touch. Uh, I'm not you, hating. I didn't say anything. I'm not hating. Thank you, Will. I, I appreciate that. I know how you like your drum sounds. So <laughs> I'm fickle. Um, I'm not right. hating. I didn't say it. There's, a, there's these great uh, technical passages that come in to, to also break up the, the slower parts and um, the, 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 the faster extreme blasting parts. Uh, the whole thing connects really well. It's, um, it's a, 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 an, an excellent web of songwriting. Great wow, release that, by a good band. That is all correct. Uh, agreed, sir. <laughs> Uh, cheers to that. Yeah, it, 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 uh, I, I was taken aback by this. It combines the best uh, qualities of vintage California Disgorge uh, with vintage Deeds of Flesh um, in a way that countless bands have attempted, but very few have delivered to this uh, degree. The vocals are absolutely perfect and stand out. You can tell that this band wears their influences on their sleeve, but they're pioneering with their own signature sound, um, uh, kind of like not reinventing the whole wheel of death metal, but taking their influences and taking like a nuanced understanding of guttural, brutal death metal and where it's come from and really uh, using it to to a signature end um, all their own to express themselves. Uh, Like a standout guttural, brutal death metal album in an age where there's so many bands and it's hard. I would would put this right up there. You know, I already said Discord's California, Deeds of Flesh, but if somebody's just getting into brutal guttural death metal or they're, they're having a hard time navigating, I would recommend this just right alongside with Defeated Sanity or Wormed or any of the other bands that we hold in very high esteem nowadays, man. This it's a really um, it's a it's a it's a, a notch above, and it's it's I, I could go on and on and on, but yeah. Cheers to Comatose Music, and cheers to Twitch of the Death uh, Death Nerve, our friends from across the pond, as they say.
right, guys. Um, Psychotic Waltz from California. Um, dating back as far back as 1985 and 86, uh, this is a progressive metal band. They put out uh, four kind of esteemed classic progressive metal albums through uh, the early to mid-90s, 90 to 96. Uh, came back in 2011. A lot of their material was re-released. And now in 2020, they're back uh, with, as far as I understand, the whole original lineup. Uh, and they've put out the album The God-Shaped Void. Um, and uh, on um, uh, Inside Out music, apparently. And uh, it's, it's like, perfect. It's an amazing progressive metal album. And that term, let's talk about the term progressive for a second, because it's something I've always kind of, I always want to hear something that you would describe as progressive death metal. Progressive, you want to hear something with a little different sometimes, you know? But it means so many different things. Being of a certain age from a certain generation and the bands that I happened to get into growing up, when I say progressive metal... I think uh, Fate's Warning, um, I'm very passionate about certain uh, uh, periods in Queensryche's catalog and discography. Uh, Dream Theater, the same thing. You know, I'm not as passionate about Dream Theater, but you want to talk progressive metal. And then also I think about bands like Atheist, uh, who we've covered and we interviewed Kelly Schaefer recently. Um, Death, uh, the band, even certain periods maybe of bands like Pestilence, you know, that's what yeah, I'm like looking Cynic, for. Yeah, like Thank you. Yeah, outside exactly. of the Box death metal influence and it seems more and more like when you research progressive it's this gent thing with a lot of keyboards and pedals and kind of weird time signatures i guess that's an element of progressive music it totally is yeah yeah but um the whole point of this long-winded you know not to do a whole bonus episode about progressive music which we probably should one day uh but psychotic waltz is a band that kind of um i got into late in life uh fairly recently um, Fate's Warning, Queensryche I mentioned, and all those other, you know, I, I always enjoyed that. And um, I tried Psychotic Waltz out, the classic albums, and really enjoyed it. And this new album, it's everything you would want from um, an album that is both metal and very progressive and melodic. Um, and uh, uh, at the same time, there's you can hear elements sometimes of thrash, elements sometimes of your classic music, uh, classic music and maybe even what you would consider fusion. Um, it's, it's just all there. It's a beautiful album, brand new for 2020. And like I said, as far as I could tell in my research, it's got all the original members uh, from, from the band. So that's something to take into considera- in cons- uh, consideration. So maybe it's just me, and I slept on Psychotic Waltz from California. Um, uh, but if you're looking for uh, a band with a wealth of material to go back and research, not only are there four albums from the 90s um, uh, available, they've been re- reissued and re-released, and they're pretty brilliant. Uh, this new album is everything you would what we would want from a band, um, classic progressive metal band from the uh, 80s and 90s coming back. Uh, it hits you really hard. It's it's really cool. Psychotic Waltz, man. Uh, some uh, uh, interesting metal to get into uh, when you're drinking your coffee and thinking. Um, thinking man's metal, if you would. Also, uh, Nick Petrino, my missing half and uh, guitarist for D. Snyder. We thank him again for his time tonight. 
Uh, I thank you, gentlemen, for your recommendations. Um, and uh, we thank you, the listener, uh, for, for, for tuning in, as they used to say in the old days, man. Um, and uh, if you're interested in following us on the social media, uh, getting back to us on the old voicemail, leaving us a, a message that we might perchance play on the uh, show, there's always the old heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, I see Justin over there hydrating. He's got his tie-dye shirt on from whatever weird uh, Woods drum circle he participated in over the weekend. Uh, he's getting ready to tell you all about this heavyholepodcast.com that we've got and what you could peruse on it. Well, as as I'm sipping this this water bottle uh, that is covered, um, this this Nalgene uh, thick water bottle made for big hands or two small hands to hold, uh, mine happens to be covered uh, completely uh, with stickers, right? But check it out. What I'm going to do because you know I found this podcast I really like and I want to support them is I'm going to walk into maybe like the local Target. Or if there's a Kmart still open uh, by you, or some sort of camping supply store, as you might know, I might have frequent, frequented one last week before the weekend uh, to get myself ready. But to get you ready, maybe you want to buy three, four, or five of these water bottles to stay hydrated in this hot summer, and then you you too could be cool like me on the Heavy Hole Podcast and decorate them with a Heavy Hole sticker pack. There's five hmm. stickers in there. You could just put them all over the place. Don't put it on the hole where the water comes out because that's where you want your mouth to go. Okay, uh, you can go to the heavyholepodcast.com slash shop and a uh, bit controversial, uh, there's no promo code. So you just go there and just buy it full price. How do you like that? Oh, market, market, pulling, pulling back, man. I love this. Justin, I love that you're combining. Um, that's right, because they already got free hydration safety tips uh, along with their information about the sticker packs. And what would those promo codes be worth if they didn't come and go from time to time, man? That's just how we do business uh, out, out here on Long Island. You know what I'm saying? It could be anything from free shipping to maybe it's a buy one, get one. Maybe it's yeah, a mystery maybe it's surprise. A random tape from Big Will's collection. Who knows what it's going to be next, man? We're going to have yeah, to uh, brainstorm on this. Maybe it's a rat out of the cellar mini backpatch. Uh, you're the mini you're not going to give that are, up. They're smaller not, for yeah, small line. You you can't just say you're going to give that to someone. Never give it to them. That's, you're that's never anxiety go, causing. Man. Everything is alleged on here. Listen, we're we're going round and round right now with the rat talk. Um, but that's right, heavyholepodcast.com. If you want to follow us on your social media of choice, if you want to leave a voicemail, you want to order those sticker packs, give us feedback, whatever you got, um, do it. Uh, but guys, uh, I think I covered it. Right? Is there anything left? No, I can't think of a goddamn thing. I think you've got it all, man. <laughs> I was just trying to think of something else to say. Oh, yeah. One. One.